So because they're gone, you get to listen to me a little bit this morning. You're being gracious, thank you. Um, and I wanted to talk today about community and what, what does that look like here? What, what does that mean? I feel like in church culture, that's a super overused word, like, oh, we have community and community groups, which I think are beautiful, but what really does that mean when you get down to it and it's like, okay, what does that look like for me now? So um, it takes me to the scripture in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I grew up as a pastor's kid in the church and to me that verse always meant, well, just come to church on Sunday and you're good, that, that's good. And I wanna dive in a little bit deeper into this, like, okay, stir up one another to love and good works. What does that mean? What does like fully being in community mean more than just us here this morning gathering? Um, why do we need community? My husband and I um, breed our Labrador uh, retriever, and in July she had 10 puppies, and you know, what is cuter than a lab puppy, right? Even if you're not a dog person, you think that that's cute. And so she, we were up all night, she had 10 puppies, everything was great, and my husband posted a video of her uh, nursing all the babies, so they're all lined up in a row, and it's just adorable, you know, 10 little, little sausages right there. They're eating, and it was so cute. He posted it on Facebook. And a lady that is kind of coaching us in the breeding process uh, messaged him and said, hey, what, why is Grace, our dog, still panting? And he's like, well, I don't know. And she said, well, you better take her temperature and make sure she doesn't have a fever because that's a little bit of a concern. She gave him a few things to do just to keep an eye on her. And long story, expensive story short, um, he took her to the vet and she, we found out she still had a puppy that was inside and it had died and it was rapidly killing her. And um, so she was able to have surgery and it, it did completely saved her life because it, I guess at that point it happens really fast and I don't know medical stuff, but it saved her life. And so obviously we were super thankful that our dog didn't die because we love her, we're dog people, but also, you know, trying to keep 10 puppies alive and healthy without their mom, what a, what a nightmare. So anyway, as this had played out and I got some sleep after being up all night, I just like had this aha moment like, oh, that was somebody that we've invited into our life to give us input, to, to um, help coach us. Like we have bred our dog before, we've done this a few times, so we kind of know what we're doing, we have a little bit of experience. But this lady, she's younger than us, but she has way more experience. And she saw by that you know, 28 second video, there's a problem. It was a gigantic blind spot for us. And we, because we didn't know a dog panting after, in theory, she's done giving puppies, that's a huge warning sign. So word to the wise, if your dog's panting, do something. So it just was such an aha moment, like, oh, that's a huge blind spot. And um, it just has gotten my wheels turning about that. So continuing on with blind spots, um, when Pastor Joshua first came on, he... Um, I think he had been here maybe about a year on staff here at Christ Center, and I had been here some number of years before. Um, 
I'm glad he's not here today <laughs> to hear this story. <laughs> he knows I'm sharing it, but... Um, so he came in my office one day, and we were chatting, and then he said, all right, Janelle, you need to know... He was very kind, very diplomatic, but you need to know that for this relationship to work, for us to be on a team together, you have to let people into your life. You have to be vulnerable and transparent with people and open up to people. I'm like, okay, thanks. And then he left. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I just said, thank you, I'll pray about it. You know, whatever churchy thing we need to say. And, and, oh, gosh, you guys, that day, I think I actually even had to leave work because I was so mad. I'm like, I can't engage with him because my mouth will get me in trouble. So then as I'm processing through this and, you know, we're working together at that point in our relationship, I didn't really care for him. I knew, no question of doubt, that he, the Lord brought him to Christ in her. 100% knew that. So I'm just like, I, but I don't like him, God, so what are we going to do about this? Now, I have 100% work through that. Hear me. I love him. I absolutely would do anything for him. But at this season, when he's challenging me on this, oh, I was not a fan. <laughs> so anyway, the Lord just was challenging me. He's like, why, why'd you get so mad? I'm like, well, because Joshua, what, who, what does he know? And he's the new kid on the block, and I've been here 15 years, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, when the Lord goes silent, it's like, oh, shoot. And he's like, okay, is, is there anything to what he's saying? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. You and I, we've got this. Jesus and me, we're good. We've got this. I don't need people. You know, I listen to the Lord. I hear from the Holy Spirit. We're good. And he's like, oh, okay, well... And then, you know, with his gentle nudging and Joshua's prodding, I had that aha. <laughs> he was gentle, I promise. That aha, that, oh, this is a blind spot. This is a blind spot for me that I do need more than just me and Jesus. I need more than, um, you know, the isolation, the, whoops, the not being vulnerable, the not being transparent. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, well, that really scares me because I've done this before and it's not worked out well. So you're going to have to show me what does this look like? How does this work? What, where do I go from here? So once I wasn't mad anymore and was willing to say, all right, I have a problem. This is an area that I need to work through. Um, the Lord just was like reminding me about the people that I did have in my life, the people that were safe, that were trusted, that I could open up to. And, and just like gave me like baby steps and bite-sized pieces of um, what, how I can do that, how I can go down that scary road of being vulnerable and transparent with people. Um, some of the type of people in my life are the encouragers. Now for me, when I think encouraging, a synonym for that is Jeff Starr for me, because woohoo, he, <laughs> he, I mean, he always encourages. He always brings encouragement. After um, Project Hope uh, at the end of August, I was kind of like, mm, man, I don't know that I did this area very good. And just like areas that I don't have strengths in. And I just kind of was like, oh, man, I don't know. And I didn't say that to Jeff, but he came and said, Janelle, I want you to know that you did this and this and this so well. You did such a great job with that. And just, you know, 
be proud of yourself or however he said it, but he's just like that constant voice of encouragement, like, you've got this, you've got this, there's gold in there. You know, he's a coach, so of course he's championing in, but he does just such a beautiful job of that consistent, consistent voice of encouragement for me. Another type is those that um, mentor and equip you. Um, I don't know for me what I would do in my life without Red and Levita Crab, who they both hired me on staff at Chrysler. And I think some days Red's like, what were we thinking? But <laughs> um, they have been so, so faithful in my life where, like this week, for instance, I called Red in my office. I'm like, shut the door. And I'm just like, I have this situation. I don't know what to do. I'm kind of in over my head and I'm super irritated. What do I do? He says, well, first thing is you don't talk about it this week with this person. It was a relationship thing. It's like, do not talk about it this week. I'm like, that's wise. Thank you. And, and they've just been that voice where I can go to and say, hey, shut the door. What do I do? Um, and just bring in the encouragement and the the um, correction, you know, Levita, there's so many times where I've called her or she'll just see something and she'll just walk up to me and say, hey, I notice you're doing this and you know that God isn't asking you to do that. I'm like, right, thanks. I needed that. I needed that. And just that constant source of speaking into my life. And there's times where I don't really like it, but it's so valuable. I think about the the things Levita has said, I'm just like, man, where would I be if I hadn't listened to her wisdom there? Um, another type of person for me is the truth tellers. I love them and I hate them. Um, Mark Willem, he's such a dummy. <laughs> um, he, we have very much a sibling relationship, and he's an older, I like to say much older brother to me. And he is not afraid to ask the hard questions and speak the truth to me. And I know he has my back, and so he's earned that equity in my life. But, um, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I had had a rough day here. I was a little bit frustrated with some people, um, and I was just kind of done. And I went up to Safeway, and I was getting a few things, and I ran into him. And he's like, hey, how was your day? I'm like, oh, I'm so over people today. I just, I, ugh. And he goes, oh, well, then who do you need to forgive? I'm like, you know what? Not you. Get out of my face. And I was so annoyed. But we're standing in the deli section at Safeway, and he's helping me walk through some forgiveness of somebody that I was just really frustrated with. And I'm telling you, in the moment, I'm just like, brothers are dumb. But I was so grateful because once I dealt with it right then, then that that ick on me and the weight and the heaviness of it was gone. And I went home and I didn't think about it again. And it just took that off because he was willing to speak the truth and to ask the hard questions. I mean, he does that for me a lot. Honestly, when I see him coming, sometimes I'm like, ooh, what is he going to say today? But it's so good, you guys. And he's earned that, that right to you know, say, you know, who do, you, who do you need to forgive? Why are you walking in offense? Why did you do that? What's driving that? Um, another type for me that's been so helpful is the people that ask the deep questions and the, like, Janelle, how is your soul? When I was walking through my mom dying, Kathy thought she was just like, she was just there. She's like, all right, you say you're doing okay, but are you? Are you? Are you taking care of you first before you work, before 
anything are you, how are you? And, and she too has earned that right to you know, bring the correction and the encouragement, but to just, just to do those check-ins like, okay, you're doing this, which that behavior is kind of telling me that I'm a little concerned about, you know, whatever. And um, it's just su such a value to have somebody that is willing to ask you those things. And for me, it forces me to look at maybe some areas where maybe I don't want to. I'm like, nope, I'm good. My, mom, my mom's dying. I'm, I just got to keep my head down and we're going to get through this. And, you know, it's like, no, you need to stop and process this grief or what, whatever it's looking like. Um, another type of people is the presence people. You know how sometimes when you're in a hard season and they're just like there, the, um, the friends that just show up? And for um, Dan and I, Andrew and Laura Lee have been those friends to us for a long time, like over, over 20 years. I remember one particular season with, for our family, it was just hard. And they came over one night, I don't even remember why, and Andrew um, just sat, pulled up on the couch next to Dan, put his arm around him, didn't say a word, just sat there. And it was like exactly what we needed. It was that we need our friends. I don't want a bunch of advice from you because I can't even right now. Um, but they were just there. The times I think Dan's been in the hospital a few times over the last few years, every time Andrew comes. I'm like, dude, you don't need to come. We're just sitting here. He's like, no, shut up. I'm, what room are you in? And, and he just comes and he sits. And when my dad got remarried um, this summer, they were there. Laura Lee texted and said, I work three blocks away. I can be there in 45 seconds or whatever. Call me, t text me, I'm on my way. And at the day of the wedding, they were there, they were working. They, I just saw them like hovering, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? They were just there. They didn't have words of advice necessarily, and they do at other times. But they were just there. They were just being there, being a friend, and just chit-chatting or whatever we needed. Another such a key is the friends that pray for you consistently. Um, when my mom was close to heaven, there were days where, I remember one day specifically, I was driving down Highway 99 and I'm just like bawling, just like, Jesus, I cannot do this. I, I can't do this, this is too hard. You know, it's just, this is too big. And right then, right as I'm telling the Lord I can't do this, Eva Christensen texted me and said, Janelle, this is what I'm praying for you right now. And she, um, so often I can just reach out to her and say, hey, would you pray about this? Or if I send an UG or a, it's a rough day, I know she's praying. I know she's praying and it's just, it's such a comfort to have those friends that maybe I can't even tell you what's going on, but I can just say, you know, hard day, and she prays. Um, and it's just so, so valuable. And something else about her that I love is, this week I said, hey, do you mind if I say your name? I'm talking about this. She said, no, not at all, but make sure you're telling me these things. You know, it's been a little quiet. Make sure that you're reaching out and asking for prayer. And I'm like, right, right. And I just um, so value that and all of those types of friends. 
Um, so why is community difficult? Why is getting the ball rolling? Why is getting involved so hard? I, you know, I'm talking from being a member at this church for 30 years. So I've been here a long time. I came in as a teenager. Our family moved here to be a part of this church. So like I make this sound easy, and it's not always easy. In fact, it's often quite hard. So why is it difficult? I think so often we have unmet expectations. Um, some time ago, Jessica Kalashnikov called me and she's like, hey, can we have coffee? I'm like, oh, okay, sure. She's like, huh, that's weird. And we were able to work through a situation in our friendship where she had some expectations that I was not meeting as her friend. And um, it was kind of an awkward conversation and she had to be super vulnerable and say, hey, you hurt my feelings. And, um, you know, why did you do this? And we were able to just sit down and explain to each other, oh, well, first of all, I apologize. And, and just say, this, this is what I meant. I can completely see it from your perspective, but this is where I'm coming from. And just work through that. And, you know, it's easy to get offended I mean, hello, we're human. You guys probably have already offended me today if I let you. You know, we offend each other. We're human. It's what happens. And, and I think it's also easy to say no one understands me. I'm too different. I'm the only single in the home group or I'm, you know, I'm too this or too that. No one gets me. And, and I know that that's hard, but that's also a lie and a trap of the enemy where he wants to keep you isolated and keep you out of community. Um, community is super messy. I mean, Jessica and I, we didn't love that uncomfortable conversation, but I tell you, I love her way more today than I did eight years ago when I first met her. And I respect that she's willing to, you know, say, hey, that was hard for me when you did that. And we can work through that. But again, it takes time. Our relationship has been, I think it's eight years, and eight years. That's a long time. And so that's a good opportunity to grow and to learn to trust each other and love each other. And, um, but it's messy and it has the awkward conversations. And it's so worth it, you guys. It's so worth it. When, when finding community is hard, I think so often in church culture we think, well, I'm just going to show up for a church, get plugged in, and everything will magically happen. And it just doesn't. It doesn't just magically happen. It takes effort. It takes um, cultivating the relationships. It takes the inviting friends. It takes the facing rejection, like, oh, they didn't... They didn't want to come to our house for dinner. Oh, do they not like us? Or just whatever, whatever that is, it takes effort and it takes continuous effort and it takes, you know, step by step and um, cultivating that. And it takes time, you guys. Like I said, I've been here 30 years. Andrew and Laura Lee and us, we've been friends for like 20-something years. So we don't, excuse me, we don't just automatically click and it's great. It takes time. It took lots of dinners at their house and conversations and camping and laughing and fun and that we want to be there for each other in those seasons. But I'm telling you, don't give up because it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I also want to encourage you guys to ask for help. Um, we had a person years ago, she came here 
And she filled out a visitor card, and she wrote on there, pray I can find nice people in this church. <laughs> I went, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> and so I called her, and I just said, hey, you know, this is Janelle. I work at Christ Center. Tell me about what this meant. She said, well, I've been there three Sundays, and not one person has spoken to me. And I'm like, as a staff, that just like kills me. Like, oh, shoot, we're not doing our job. And so I apologized, and I'm like, you know, we're known for being a very friendly church, and I'm so sorry that is not what you found, because that is not our heart at all. Um, and she was referencing where she went to church before, and the pastor said, well, if you've been there more than once, then you're on the greeting team. So I kind of turned that back to her, like, well, you've been there three times, so why don't next Sunday you come and greet people? I said, I'll stand in the back, you know, I look like this, come and find me, and I will also help introduce you to people. She's like, yeah, okay, I, I can do that. And so then she did that for a little bit, and then it, it got back to me that she was not feeling connected. She's like, well, I just, it's not really, you can't find my people. So I called her again, I said, well, how, how's the home group going? Well, I tried it once, I went to one supper club, and eh, it's not really for me. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's like a, a main door of connection at Christ Center, so that's a bummer. Um, what about the ladies' event that we had two weeks ago? Well, that's for women of the church, so I'm not really going to go to that. Like, well, I mean, but you said this is your church, right? Well, yeah, but... And so we had had these types of conversations for months of her being here, and she was asking for help, but she wasn't really, because she had just decided, it's too hard, I can't do this, it's not worth it. And unfortunately, she doesn't fellowship here anymore, because she's just like, I can't find community, it's not magical, it doesn't happen like this, I'm out. And I'm telling you guys, she's missing out, because we're real cool, right? <laughs> we're super cool, and, um, but it takes work, and it takes time, and it takes that vulnerable, you know, saying, hey, you hurt my feelings, or you, you did this, whatever, and it's, it's worth it. I want to promise you it's worth it. Back to Hebrews, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I need you to stir me up. You need me to stir you up. You need the person sitting next to you and three rows behind you. We need each other, you guys. Some of you are so great at cultivating community. Like you just breathe and you're there. I mean, I feel like Gonzalo just like always has community around him because he's such a rock star at it. But some of us, it's a lot harder where you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to say yes to home group this time. I'm going to commit to go to two supper clubs and just gut it out. And it's hard, you guys. I'm naturally kind of a shy person, so I can completely appreciate that it's hard. But it's so important. It's so important. And it's important to have, to build this, to find these people, to, to be there in the hard times. Because I think about, you know, for me, when, you know, my mom was dying, um, my friends were there, and I didn't have to call them and say, hey, my mom's dying, I need you. They were just there, and they were, they were the faithful friends that I've taken, you know, 20, 20 years, up to five years, eight years, whatever, to, to build that relationship. 
And I think it's also important to have these friends to do this celebrating with. I think about, like, Clint and Alicia, they um, are faithful members here, and they heard the Lord say, um, sell your house and build a house here. And it, it's like their dream property where, like, they wanted that property, like, for since they were kids or something. And so they sold their house, moved in with some extended family, and it took three years. I mean, can you imagine living with extended family for three years, not by your choice, when you think, oh, maybe six months? Three years, you guys. And so Alicia would come in my office. She's like, oh, Janelle, this is really hard. It was hard for the extended family. It was hard for them. And it was just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. And they were just like, yeah, I think we're just going to buy a house in Eugene and not worry about it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did God... Did God change that? I mean, are you guys, when you pray, well, no, but this is just hard. And I'm like, no, no, hang on to your dream. Hang on to this. I'm like, you guys are always going to regret if your dream property sells. Don't stop. And so now they moved in their house in August, and it is gorgeous. It's their dream property. They waited. There was tons of hurdles three years in the making, but I'm telling you guys, what a celebration walking with them and celebrating with them. It's so fun. I think about Jason writing his book. For those of you that read it, you know he chronicles the years that they were here and the ups and downs and the heartache and the victories. And and so we watched that season and then we watched um, the season of him writing the book. And I'm telling you, that is a beast of an assignment. Like he was just slaving away writing this book and he would text me sometimes, Janelle, this chapter's gonna do me in. I'm like, nope, you got this, man. And I'd encourage him and you know, you can do this and you're not dumb or whatever. And just like, you can do this. And then his book got published and you guys, we got to throw him a party and celebrate. And I mean, anytime I see Aching Joy pop up on my Facebook feed, I just wanna do a cheer and get my pom-poms and like, our boy, he did it, we're so proud of him. And it's just so beautiful to be able to celebrate. You know, I think Andrew and Laura Lee, I've mentioned them, like watching their kids go through milestones and celebrating with them and their kids get married and they have, grandkids and just being able to celebrate those big life moments together. It's so beautiful and it's the way God intended it. Um, so in that, I just want to encourage you guys, what, how is the Lord challenging you to go next step community? You know, maybe for you, you're like, you know, I really, I'm, I'm doing okay. But is there maybe somebody outside of your natural comfort zone you would like to invite over or somebody that you, um, maybe they're a little, a little weird, but the Lord's saying, hey, reach out to them. <laughs> um, reach out to them this week and ask, ask them over, go you know, to coffee or whatever. Um, I wanna encourage you, this week, do something about that. So we've got a home group starting this week. It's a perfect time. If you haven't done a home group, now's the time. I love Supper Club because it's easy for the most part where you can just come, eat, hang out, and then you know you can leave. It's just a great place that's casual where you have time to, to start to cultivate those relationships and connect a little bit. Um, another thing I love to do is go on a walk with somebody because it's less awkward than like sitting across the table at a, in a restaurant or something. It's like if the conversation lulls, it's like, oh, hey, did you see that squirrel and it's going to rain and whatever. You know, it's not that awkward. I don't know what to say now that we all feel. So 
just encourage you, ask the Lord, what am I supposed to do this week? What steps can I take to be further into community? And when it's hard, again, I want to say ask for help because, you know, like Pastor Sarah says, we're a big, messy family and it takes work and we're going to offend you, we're going to make messes and it's going to be beautiful and we're going to celebrate with you. So could I get the prayer team to come? And as they're coming, could you just take a minute and ask the Lord what, what response he would have for you this morning as far as um, just saying yes to him. I know that he made us to want community, made us to want people and connection. And just ask the Lord, what does that look like for me today? So God, I thank you for how beautifully you've created us and how you um, made us to want community, made us to need each other. And Lord, I just ask for grace as we're taking steps out and um, being vulnerable. Lord, it's scary, and you know that, and you're there with us, and you, you've created us to want this. And I just ask for grace as we're... Um, pursuing this, Lord, and just give peace as we take steps of boldness pursuing this. Lord, just bless these precious people. Thank you, God, for the beautiful family that we are and for our willingness to be vulnerable and transparent together. Thank you, Lord, for um, just the beautiful design of family.